It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions about Adley Rutschman as a keeper in fantasy baseball, another Nolan Gorman trade, Reds third baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand, and baseball-themed Christmas gifts. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Monday mailbag reminder every question in this show comes from listeners. If you have a question you want answered in the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, Locked On MLB Prospects at gmail.com. So Scott on Twitter reached out to me this week, wants to know if, if keeping Adley Rutschman is an absolutely crazy idea. And I don't think it is. So his three keepers, he was kind enough to send me his entire team. His three keepers, Julio Rodriguez, hard to argue there. Uh, Rafael Devers, hard to argue there. And then the third spot was up for grabs, and he's asking about Adley Rutschman. And when you look at what Adley Rutschman did this year, was called up in mid-May, so tempers things a little bit. Overall slash line for the year, 254, 362, 445. 13 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 65 walks to 86 strikeouts, and four four on stolen bases. Adley Rutschman isn't here to steal bases. Uh, hit a ton of doubles. The power production wasn't quite where we expected it to be, but the doubles were absolutely there. Walked a bunch as well. And I think it's a situation of little bit of an adjustment period to get used to the bigs. So look at the second half only for Adley Rutschman. His ranks among catchers. He was second among all catchers in plate appearances with 288, just like three appearances behind MJ Melendez, who was catching and playing outfield and DHing. Uh, he was sixth in batting average in the second half of the year at 275, first in runs with 45, first in doubles in the second half of the year with 14, and 40 walks to 40 strikeouts. Actually, 15 walks more than the next highest qualified uh, catcher, which I think was Sean Murphy. And so absolutely picked it up in the second half of the year. And I think there's a couple conversations to be had here. One is the conversation, well, I guess there's three conversations to be had. The first one, do you want more fantasy baseball talk from Locked on MLB Prospects? Let us know in the comments below. You can reach out to us on Twitter. But just, if you want more fantasy baseball from us, we're trying to figure out what 2023 is going to look like. Let us know. Uh, but first question, I guess, is for Scott is what other options does he have? And when I, I looked at Scott's roster, I'm looking at, uh, when it comes to like first baseman, Matt Olson, who depending on which ranking system you're using, whether it's Eric Cross's uh, dynasty rankings or Chris Clegg's on base percentage dynasty rankings, uh, Matt Olson's either 47th on Cross's list or 28th on Chris's list. Uh, Bryce Harper, 10th on one list, 8th or the, on the other. But if you're looking to compete next year, you have that situation where Bryce Harper's had Tommy John surgery 
And there's a question about when he's going to come back and play at the big league level as far as hitting and then when he's going to take the field. Uh, Michael Harris was also an option on this team. 28th on Eric Cross's list, 32nd on Chris Clegg's on-base percentage list. Ozzie Albies at second base, 32nd on Cross's list, 37th on Chris's list. And then Adley Rutschman was 51st on Eric Cross's list, 39th on Chris Clegg's list. And I think that reflects the fact that catcher is so top-heavy. And so the keeper here, I recommended yes in Scott's situation, but I think the keeper decision on Adley Rutschman depends on what is the format. Are you a 10 to 12 league team or 10 to 12 team league? Are you a 15 plus team league? And then do you start one catcher? Do you start two catchers? If you start one catcher, then there are guys out there that you can take later in the draft and get decent uh, decent production. The average ADP of Danny Jansen was 324th, and he was a top 15 catcher. Cal Raleigh was the ADP of 534, and he was the 11th catcher production-wise. You look at Sean Murphy, picked at 233, and he was the number 6 catcher. Alejandro Kirk picked at 219, and he was the 5th catcher. Dalton Varsho was picked at 84th, and he was the number two catcher. That's the guy that I had. Him and Real Muto were a great one-two punch, even though Varsho rarely played actual catcher, except for when there were injuries there in, in Arizona. He played in the outfield most of the time. Uh, but if it's a one-catcher league and or a 10-12 to 12 team league, I don't necessarily know if Adley's the best bet, simply because you can get 80% of that production significantly later in the draft. You know, MJ Melendez was picked 381 ADP-wise last year, and he was a top 12 catcher. Uh, you know, and and so I think you can do with, uh, you can find replacements. If it's a deeper league, 15 teams, I did a 20-team league one year, that was wild trying to find a catcher. Or you're running two catcher spots, Adley Rutschman's absolutely worth it. Also, if it's an on-base percentage league, I think in that situation, Adley Rutschman's absolutely worth it. He put up a 362 full season on base percentage. And it's just a it's a scenario where I mean, I don't necessarily think there's a ton of catchers in that scenario because we're already looking at such a lower WRC plus from the catching position that if you can find one of the top guys, which in this case to me is a real muto. Dalton Varsho, Will Smith, Alejandro Kirk, and then right after that is Rutschman slots in kind of around 5th to 7th, depending on how you feel about Salvador Perez and where Sean Murphy goes for his next year. So Rutschman being a top 5 option at the position, to me, is worth a keeper in an on-base percentage league. Outside of an on-base percentage league, I still think it may be. Uh, just because he blends the elite contact and the power, but that's entirely up to what's on your team and what options you have as far as a keeper. I can see the argument for keeping long-term for keeping a Bryce Harper over an Adley Rutschman, but again, I just think it's so much deeper in the outfield to find 85% of that production versus an Adley Rutschman. 
at catcher and find 85% of that production. In just a minute, I want to get to Reds third baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, Not a lot of conversation about him, even though there should be. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, uh, esports. They've got everything at BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed and then to keep up with what's going on in the sport. So even though baseball is not playing right now, you can see some of the the non-game props for baseball at Bet Online, and one of the things they just made a change over the weekend: the San Francisco Giants are now the favorite to sign Aaron Judge. They're, it's minus one fifty odds for San, the San Francisco Giants to sign Aaron Judge, whereas the New York Yankees it's plus one ten, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are plus five hundred. So, kind of gives you an idea of where the market's moving and what things are happening in free agency. Through Bet Online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so question from uh, Jacob on Twitter Why is Red's third baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand so underrated? And reminder about who he is, real quick 2021 fourth rounder out of Oklahoma State by the Twins was traded along with Spencer Steer in the Tyler Molly deal between the Twins and the Reds. And the the honest question is I'm not really sure. So we got 122 games in this year between High A Cedar Rapids in the Minnesota organization, Double A Wichita in the Minnesota organization, and Double A Chattanooga in the Cincinnati organization. The combined slash line for those 122 games for CES because Saying Christian Encarnacion Strand is way too long. 304, 368, 587. 32 home runs, 68 extra base hits, 40 walks to 137 strikeouts. And again, that's in 122 games. 8 to 10 on stolen bases. If I had to give a couple reasons, I think one would be he's not valued very well defensively. So in 2021, just drafted that year, so not a ton of time. But of the 21 professional games he played in A-ball, 17 were at first and four were at third. This year, Minnesota had him uh, playing a lot of third base. And, and I mean, it was something like he played 63 games at third base for Minnesota uh, compared to two games at first base. And then when the Reds got him, the Reds had him play almost as much at first as at third. He played 15 games at third, 12 games at first, and DH'd eight times. And when you look at the defensive ratings, and this isn't perfect. We don't have a lot of in-depth data that's publicly available for the minors. But you'll see uh, 664 innings in the minors at third base this season, 23 errors. So it's an 887 fielding percentage. Uh, 109 and a third innings at first base, three errors. So a 970 fielding percentage. So there is a bit of concern, both statistically and when you watch him, about his ability to to, to play third base versus third. And he has a big frame. Yeah, six foot, 224, 
Uh, I like the hands. He's good hands. He's got good instincts. I think there's some footwork issues. But one of the bigger things to me is I just don't think Cincinnati needs him to play third base. You look at what Cincinnati has right now, and their top two prospects are left side of the infield, right? You've got Ellie De La Cruz, who I have been on the record multiple times as saying can probably play anywhere he wants to play, but railgun of an arm that works at third is playing shortstop right now. And then you have Noel V. Marte, who is a true shortstop. Behind them, you have Edwin Arroyo, who can also play shortstop, although he's an A-ball a couple years away. And you've got Matt McClain, who just came back from the Arizona Fall League, can play shortstop, but I think he's better suited to second base or center field was he played at UCLA. And then you have Spencer Steer, who can play anywhere in the infield. And so it feels like the ideal scenario or the, the ideal 2024 lineup for the Cincinnati Reds in the infield, once Joey Votto is on his final year of his contract, he's retired, he's gone, is you have a situation where it's Ellie De La Cruz at third, Noel V. Marte at short, Jonathan India at second, Christian Encarnacion Strand at first, with Spencer Steer as your infield utility guy, and then you have options in the outfield as far, like right now, it's like Nick Sinzel, Stuart Fairchild, TJ Friedel. I imagine McLean in that scenario, Matt McLean will get moved back to, to the outfield and center field. And you'll have some different options there in the corners and things to go on. Uh, but like you have plenty of middle infielders who can play the left side uh, to a higher degree than Christian Encarnacion and Strangen could. Do I think he could do it? And do I think he could get to league average defensively? I do. I just don't think Cincinnati needs him to do that. And because he's played so much more first than third in the minors, I really think he's, his, his defense is not really accounted for when you're talking about the rankings. But, I mean, they're swinging missing the game, but dude can hit. Dude can hit home runs. I mean, he hit 68 extra base hits in 122 games. So, you know, more than better than one every other game. Um, 32 home runs, one of the higher marks in the entire minors. So... I'm a big fan of CES. I think he's going to work out when he finally gets called up. It's just, is it more likely to be at first base than third? I think it is, especially given what the Reds have in that organization. Question from Trifected on Twitter. Uh, Nolan Gorman for Taj Bradley. Who says no? Uh, I think in that scenario, as much as the, the... Cardinals would love to get a top pitching prospect. I think the Cardinals are the ones to say no. So nothing against Taj Bradley. Taj Bradley is going to be a fantastic professional. Give you an idea of what he did this year. Uh, he he spent his time between AA and AAA. Got a total of 28 games in. I mean, still had an ERA under 3. I want to say it was 2.57, like 133 innings. 141 strikeouts to 33 walks. So 9.5 strikeouts per 9 to 2.2 walks per 9. Is seen as a top 20, top 25 prospect in all of baseball. I think deservedly so. One of the probably top 5 or 3 right-hand pitching prospects, uh, along with Grayson Rodriguez. And I don't think the Cardinals say no because they don't like Tosh Bradley. I think they say no because they're looking to compete now. You remember talking last week with JD? All of the trades that they are looking at are to improve the big league team in 2023. 
Taj Bradley is kind of considered, you could call him up in 2023, but I feel like with the injury history and that being the first year he was in the upper minors, it's probably more likely that it's later in the season or 2024. And a contending team like the Cardinals do not have the runway to let him learn on the job. And so it's more likely that he would not be able to come up and impact the team positively until 2024. And then to trade away Nolan Gorman, who, yes, has his issues defensively at second base, but absolutely has uh, won a path to everyday playing time because the DH spot is now open, as well as has the power bat to impact your team positively right now. And so... I don't see a Gorman trade happening now that the DH spot is open unless it gets you a significant upgrade in your everyday roster. Now, if Alejandro Kirk came open, I think you could see Nolan Gorman move in that deal. If a Sean Murphy became available, I think you'd see a Nolan Gorman move in that deal. But everything that both team officials and people who listened to last Thursday's Cardinals show have said to me is that Alejandro Kirk is a lot less likely to move than Danny Jansen, which is the point I made in that show as well. You can make a Danny Jansen trade and probably not have to give up Nolan Gorman, uh, plus uh, significantly improve your roster with a Jansen, knowing that you have an Ivan Herrera and some other guys behind him if he has a recurrence of the injury issues you've seen from him so far in his career. But... For the most part, the Cardinals are trying to compete this year. It's going to be very hard for them to move impactful big league pieces for a a prospect who will not make the major league team significantly better in 2023. In just a minute, I want to get to some questions about Cardinals prospects that have moved to the Rays and Rays prospects that have moved to the Cardinals, as well as baseball-themed Christmas gifts. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. Uh, at Locked On MLB Prospects, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. And this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On MLB Prospects listeners 40% off a new security system. Don't put this off. Here is why I love it. When you buy a Simply Safe system, you go online and you pick and choose your combination of sensors, keypads, cameras, smart locks, whatever accessory you might need for your home. Everything is self-installable. In almost every situation, you're not drilling holes in your wall to do it either because it's all wireless. And you have the the safety and security of an award-winning uh Security system, an award-winning app, uh, and just a great user interface to take care of your home. Simply Safe was named the best home security system in 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. They have 24/7 professional monitoring agents. Those agents use Fast Protect technology, which is exclusively from Simply Safe, to capture critical evidence and verify threats are real, so you can get higher priority police response. So. Don't miss your chance to save out big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. At simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
Okay, so Jacob on Twitter had a question about why why the Rays and Cardinals seem to do well with each other's prospects. And I think the most prominent Cardinals prospect that's now a member of the Rays, Randy Rosarena. But uh, look at some of the Rays prospects that are now Cardinals. You've got pitcher Matthew Liebertor, who we talked about last week, mechanically is similar to Max Fried as far as his arsenal and what it looks like and how he throws it. It's not as effective as Max Fried, obviously, but the building blocks, the tools are there. Moises Gomez, former Rays prospect, now a Cardinal. Uh, Taylor Moder, Genesis Cabrera is in the bullpen for the Cardinals, used to be a Ray. And I think this is a situation where both of these organizations are very good at player development. And they look for similar traits from from their minor leaguers or from prospects they're looking at drafting or signing as IFAs. And I'll compare them to a team like the Washington Nationals. We had a very good question about the Washington Nationals and about their return from the Juan Soto trade. And that's going to come later this week. We're going to do a show with Ryan Clary, the new host of Locked on Nationals, and talk about that. But the, the, the Nationals, for instance, are very much conventional scouting. They, look, they, they want to see what the guy looks like. They want to see what his swing looks like. They want to watch him and have old school scouts write up notes. The Cardinals and the Rays are very much organizations that use advanced statistics, analytics. They're looking at the track man profile. They're looking at biomechanical data. And they're finding, rather than looking, this kid had a great batting average, they're looking to see you know, how that swing would play in their park. They're looking at biomechanically how efficient is what he's doing. They're looking at all of the different, you know, deeper level aspects of a player to figure out what can we improve on? This is what we're good at developing. What can we improve on? What can we help? Can we make this fastball more efficient? Can we make this swing into the zone quicker and have it have the bat stay in the zone longer? Like they're looking a little more at a different level than what a traditional scouting department is doing. And so I think because of that, there's a lot of overlap and a lot of crossover between the type of prospects that work for the Cardinals and that work for the Rays. And that's why you've seen so many guys move from one organization to another. You know, Moises Gomez is a great example of that. Release is a, has a free agent at the end of 2021 after a bad double A in Montgomery signs with the uh, the Cardinals, and then I think leads the minor leagues in home runs last year, or this year, 2022. So uh, Allison had a question about baseball-themed Christmas gifts. Now that we're in December, we're in the holiday season. Uh, my family does this all the time, so I'm kind of an expert on this. I think there's probably three main ways that you can go. And the first one is baseball books, right? And when you're getting baseball books, you have options about just baseball in general, or you can look at books that are about a person's favorite team or favorite player. I like baseball books in general. I read Moneyball every year during spring training. It's like a it's like a, a, a tradition. I mean, I, I literally take a copy, a paperback copy of the book to the ballpark, and I sit there during baseball games and read the book Moneyball every year. But I've got a ton of baseball books on my on my bookshelf over there. Everything from Ben writers writing about the Astros, just just tons of sports writers, just tons of books about baseball in general. So always a great gift, whether it's about their specific team, maybe they're a Braves fan, you can go out and you can get them uh, Loserville. It's about uh, the, the 
the formerly losing traditions in Atlanta and how the city of Atlanta turned it around, both like starting off with baseball and then expanding into some other stuff, not football. The football team's still not very good. Uh, but, you know, city-specific, team-specific, player-specific, but there's a new book just out about Bo Jackson. Uh, you know, just came out. His birthday was last week. I think he turned 60. You know, so it may be something like that. The second thing is memorabilia. So, you know, stuff about the game of baseball. Maybe it's something like, uh, right over here, I've got an autographed and signed baseball. Uh, this is something where it was, uh, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I live in Auburn, Alabama, so I'm also a fan of the Auburn Tigers. This was uh, Tim Hudson, pitched at Auburn, and uh, was drafted by the Oakland A's, went on to be an Atlanta Brave. And then won a World Series with the San Francisco Giants. But that's an, uh, an autographed baseball that my wife got me. Uh, autographed by Tim Hudson, who, is a, who was a member of the two baseball teams that I enjoy the most. So, you know, maybe it's a team-specific or it's a player-specific. Again, as an Atlanta Braves fan, we won the World Series in 2021. So I have memorabilia in my house, whether it's bobbleheads, whether it's different things like that, that are celebrating the 2021 World Series. I've got... A bobblehead of Tom Glavin. It was my favorite lefty pitcher. Um, I've got, my son's room has a bobblehead of Blooper, uh, the Braves mascot. So maybe it's something like that, or it's just baseball focused in general, a print, uh, a, a new scorebook, things like that. And then the third suggestion I would give, I just give to anybody for a gift, is experiences. Uh, this year we're lucky enough the World Baseball Classic is coming back. So think about a trip to Florida during spring training. You can go catch spring training games. You can catch World Baseball Classic games. Uh, it's going to be, if you're just a fan of baseball, you're going to enjoy watching the World Baseball Classic. A lot of teams, um, players playing for their for their country, representing their flag. It's going to be fun. Or you can do a trip to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, always something that a lot of people always want to do. Um Obviously, the induction's coming up, and by now, you already know who was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, last night, they announced the Contemporary Era ballot. If Dale Murphy's not on that list, I'm going to have, probably have an angry video coming up later. Uh, or something that, that I find fun that we do every year is take a road trip through the minors. So I live in Alabama. I've got a bunch of the Southern League around me, but we'll take a road trip from here to Texas. I've got family in Texas. My wife has family in Texas, so we can go out there to visit family. But on the way there, we can watch baseball in Biloxi. You know, there's there's the Biloxi Shuckers are there. We can catch it all in the panhandle of Florida. When we get to Texas, there's baseball all over Texas, obviously. I mean, we can, you know, there's the Sugarland Space Cowboys. There, there, there's, just, there's tons of baseball all over. And so Wilton's, rather than flying, we could fly. We'd rather drive, and we'll stretch that drive out into a couple different days because we want to stop and catch minor league baseball on the way there and the way back. So plan a minor league road trip. You know, just pick a place to go and set it up. The way that it works out now, the way that minor league baseball is structured, where every week is a six-game week, and it's either six home games or six away games, it makes it a lot easier to coordinate and schedule your travel because it's very easy to know uh, the team is going to be around all week. Or the team is going to be on the road all week. And so find a fun road trip. If you have a fun road trip suggestion, send it to us. Again, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this 
has been Locked on MLB Prospects.